This episode of Channel Mind News is for information only. Please do your own research before making any investment decision or alternatively seek advice from a registered financial advisor. Right, hey, g'day everyone, Matty Michael here for your daily dose of Channel Mine News, the go-to mining news place for your ears. Saves you reading emails, parking up, reading news articles, chuck it in your ear, do your work, do use it on your drive home, whatever you want. So, hope you enjoyed the first couple. I've got to talk a bit quicker. I've noticed I don't talk quick enough. Someone actually told me I sound like I'm pissed, so I'll work on that for you. Get the info out a bit quicker. Right, let's get into it. ASX 200 overnight, not much happening, down 60 points, Dow Jones slid on concerns. The US economy is heading towards a mild recession in 2023, all old news, don't worry about that, uh, continue on. Aussie dollar 66.87 US cents, down 0.2, pretty flat. Gold, iron ore, both flat at 17.70 US an ounce and 107 bucks a tonne. Copper and nickel, both down a little bit. Copper down 1%, 83.55 US a tonne or $3.82 US a pound. Nickel, 28,240 bucks a tonne, down 0.48%. Now, lithium hydroxide, give a bit of lithium numbers, 79,525 US bucks a tonne. Brent oil, now Brent oil went down 4.8%, 78 bucks a barrel. Now, this was... One guy in America, one analyst listened to, said it was concerns of uh, lower demand from China, but this sort of contradicted the China's announcements the other day saying they were going to ease the zero COVID zero policy, which would have should have increased demand. So it sort of went the other way, but obviously the lower demand from China at the moment wasn't outweighed by the easing of the COVID policy. So. Yeah, a bit of movement in the oil, coal, flat at 400 bucks a tonne US and ah, good old Bitcoin, not doing too much. Still at 17 grand. Tread carefully if you want to go on the Bitcoin. Right, bit of mining news today. We'll start with Newcrest uh, in Sydney at the moment, meeting with Harmony Gold and the Papua New Guinea government. Uh, ahead of this week's PNG Mining and Petroleum Investment Conference, and they, they will be talking about the stalled Wafi Goldpoo Copper Gold Project. Now, Newcrest Harmony Gold are a 50-50 joint venture in that. This project is massive, huge. It's been in in the mix for well over a decade. So I'll give you a bit of context on how big this deposit is. Uh, the resource they've got, uh, the indicated resource, at Goldpoo, so Goldpoo is the bigger deposit, uh, 16 million ounces and 7.5 million tonnes of copper, 690, 690 million tonne at 0.7 grams of gold and 1.1% copper. So it's a massive deposit. The reserve they've got is uh, 1.11 million ounces of gold and 4.9 million tonnes of copper. Now, they're planning to build, it's essentially this massive mine with three block caves all on top of each other, 28-year mine life. NPV of $2.6 billion and an IRR of 18.2%. But do note, the prices used for this estimate was $1,200 an ounce for gold. And so that is considerably lower than what it is today sitting at $1,770. So it's a 
the anticipated to make 13 billion free cash flow from this over a nine and a half year payback. But that was, as I said, very conservative numbers used in that mine. We'll go, we'll go through. It's a very interesting project. So give you a bit of context on why it's been held up. A lot to do with the PNG government. So Prime Minister James Marapi, probably pronounced that wrong, he was elected in May 2019 and he vowed to take back PNG. That was his slogan, take back PNG. And I've read from a couple of sources that he wants PNG to have 60 to 65% of resource project ownership in PNG. So that's a big, that's a big massive stake. They've halted numerous projects, so the reopening of Porgra, um, Exxon, Exxon Mobil, they had an LNG, massive uh, gas field over there. there was, that was halted over the state's share of revenue for the uh, Penyang gas field development, which delayed two massive LNG developments. Uh, and the issue with the Wafi Golpu project, I would assume is project ownership as well, but the thing that's holding at the moment is the environmental approval for the tailings disposal so the Morobi province that is where the where the mine is the local people want a terrestrial tailings dam but the government and Newcrest as well are going for a deep sea tailings placement system so essentially piping the tailings and putting it out to sea so they Newcrest have said based on their report they've said the safest and most environmentally friendly method is piping tailings into a two kilometer deep trench mixing it with sediments and then having that carried out to sea but the local Morobi province is not approving the use of deep sea tailings disposal so that's what's holding that up at the moment and I assume as well uh, the project ownership percentage they're negotiating that at the moment. Absolutely massive deposit. So to give you a bit of context, average annual production will be 161,000 tonnes of copper and 266,000 uh, ounces of gold at a cash cost of just 26 cents per pound for the copper. So as I said, copper's at three ducks 80 per pound at the moment, and that is actually pretty cheap. Um, it must have, must have reduced or not been as big as they thought because I found an article in 2011 where... Newcrest expected the copper gold project to produce 600,000 to 800,000 ounces of gold and 300 to 500,000 tonnes of copper per annum. So I'm not sure if that, if anyone feel free to uh, let me know, but yeah, the, the actual size wasn't either, either wasn't as big or they weren't going to pump it as quick as they were going to, but they were talking in that article how it was going to compete with Grasberg, uh, Freeport's job. So as I said, it's three, three big block caves essentially on it's a staged block cave mine um it's three caves on top of each other this is for the gulpy um gulpu wafi gulpu gulpu deposit so just looking at the looking at the schematic here you can go to the newcrest website and there's like a full um like the whole technical report on the whole operation it's got everything everything in it essentially the dfs um so the bottom of the deposit is about looks about 1.2 1.3 kilometers below surface so the first cave will be at well, looks about 700 meters below surface so i think it said it's about four and a half years to actually develop in the mine so each each of those caves on top of each other's got two crushes then there's a massive incline conveyor that takes all the ore to the surface so huge huge project um as i said 
a lot of free cash flow once it gets going because it's been used some very conservative um, conservative gold prices for it. And here's another fun fact: just looking at the costs, we talked about uh, talked about ventilation costs. Cost for underground mining, ventilation and refrigeration is thirty percent of the cost. Underground dollar twenty seven per ton milled. So total underground mining cost is four dollars sixteen. So just shows all thing. And I don't know how refrigeration or evaporative refrigeration will work over there in PNG because I reckon it'll be bloody humid. So that'll be uh that'll be a nice and hot joint to work at. So I think I'll stick to podcasting. So keep an eye on the progress of the negotiations between Newcrest Harmony Gold and the PNG government for the Wafi Golpu operation. Right, next one. Widgie Nickel, ticker WIN, 51 cents trade nut for 128 mil market cap. They've gone into a trading halt today. Now, this is regarding exploration results for the Faraday Lithium Prospect at its Mount Edwards project. Now, they, they're predominantly a nickel company, exploration company at the start, exploration moving towards production. We'll go into the nickel stuff later, but they at their Mount Edwards site, they found... Uh, surface bearing pegmatites started drilling it straight away in november and the trading halt is regarding results from that they did say in a presentation the assays will be in before christmas but i'm not sure if these will be the assays i would anticipate they will be the intersection intersections of it because the intersections haven't been released yet so pretty exciting lithium being the big popular thematic at the moment now this is a potential DSO opportunity. So direct shipping all, there is the option to ship it as you crush it, as you mine it. So Core Lithium in October sold 15,000 tonne of 1.4% spodumene at 950 bucks US a tonne, which equated to 21 million Aussie dollars for 15,000 tonne of ore. So nice and quick and easy compared to, you know, what Pilbara and that go through to refine to a six, six and a half percent spodumene concentrate, which sells for God on their bike BMX auction is bloody six, seven thousand bucks a ton at some points. So good dollars there. So this for Widgie, there is a potential if they hit something and can rip it out quickly, there's that two-year window where they could uh, sell it as a DSO, direct shipping or so. Keep your eye out for the lithium potential for Widgie Nickel. Now, go over what their nickel side of things are. So their main main area, Widgie South, so Gillet and Gillet North, that's their main exploration area. So they've got some pretty good hits going on there. If you look at their resources, the Widgie Townsite resource, 2.1 million tonne at 1.9% nickel. So there's 40, nearly 42,000 tonne of contained nickel there. Gillet. 1.3 million tonne at 1.7% nickel. It's another 22,000. Then they've got a lot of other exploration going on as well. So plenty of upside there. So that's their main exploration area. Main nickel exploration focus is the Widgee South, which is and which is comprised of Gillette North. Now you've got Armstrong as well. So that's a bit of a little snatch and grab operation they've got. So going to go in from a pit. They've got uh, a concept top there's two mining that you can either go top down open stoping for 500,000 ton at 1.9% nickel or a bottom up and fill 560,000 ton at 1.9% so they're the two options pros and cons for each bottom up you get all the ore you don't have to with fill you get full extraction the negative to that you've got to mine the whole development down to the bottom before you can actually 
start extracting your ore. But if you go top down, you can start mining the stopes as you're developing the full decline. You do have to leave pillars in between stopes to support the support the hanging wall of the actual ore body once you extract it. So you sacrifice a bit of ore by leaving those pillars, but you get the ore quicker and gets the cash quicker. So looking at the 22, they've got the free cash flow they're anticipating could be 67 to $69 million. Now that is based on a 22,000 buck a tonne nickel price at 63 US cents for the exchange rate. Now that gives 34, 35 grand a tonne Aussie, Aussie dollars, but with today's price, we are sitting at 42,000 tonne. So an extra 7,000 bucks a tonne based on today's prices. So there is potential upside to that $69 million free cash flow. So uh, what have they got? 27 to 33 month mining duration. So about two, two and a half years. Low CapEx, that's going to be uh, their full steam ahead on pre-production activities. So that's pretty uh, pretty good little setup to have a bit of money coming in to feed the exploration for the Gillett North and Mount Edwards area. So now they've also got the Inco boundary. That's another little lower grade deposit. So it's 2.8 million tonne at 0.84% nickel for a half percent cutoff, contained 23,000 uh, nickel tonnes. Now, lower grade, pretty close to the surface. So that is another operate, another deposit they've got that may come online if nickel prices make it feasible so the exact quote is increased nickel price increased payability can lead to this becoming viable from their presentation so widget nickel win right last off bit of copper talk glencore boss gary nagel he spoke at glencore's investor day yesterday and said that glencore could double its copper production from one million ton but doesn't see the point at the moment because the prices are so low so and you can't understand why they're with the amount of copper demand that is needed in to reach these net zero targets by 2030, it's just going to be impossible to supply it. So give you a bit of context on Glencore. Glencore have interest, they've got interest in copper mines and refineries all around the world. They've got 44% in Coloasi in Chile, which is this, about the second or third biggest copper mine in the world behind Escondida. We've got 33.7% in Antimina. Antamina. Uh, that's the, that was the fifth biggest copper mine in 2021. We've got Anta, Antipake in Peru, Komoto and Mutunda in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, the Mount Isa mine in Australia, they previously had CSA, but they've sold that to Metals Acquisition Corp. Uh, they've got smelters and refineries in Philippines and North America, so they've got a lot of copper focus. Now, the boss, Gary Nagel, showed how much copper is actually needed to meet the International Energy Agency's net zero emissions by 2030 and concluded that supply will be short by 50 million tonnes in eight years. So it works out about six and a bit million tonne a year. We're going to be short of copper. Now, to give you a context of what six million tonnes a year is, Escondida, the largest copper mine in the world, that produced 1.18 million tonnes of copper in 2020. So we're gonna, if we're going to be 6 million short per year, just as a rough gauge, based on what one bloke said, that is about five or six of those, five or six of those Escondidas. So massive, massive risk. So because of the energy transition, copper demand would be, Mr. Nagel says, 
119.5 million ton from now to 2030. So renewable energy is going to need 100 million ton of that and additional copper and for electric vehicles and charging stations is 19 and a half million ton. So that will take the demand, the world demand for copper to be 355 million ton and the global supply will be 305 million ton over that time frame. So six million six and a half million ton a year short uh give you a context of the wafi gulpu that will deposit that we we're talking about their annual production was one hundred sixty thousand ton so even if that come online that's essentially bloody nothing compared to what to the six million ton they need um now glencore have the ability to grow to 1.6 million ton per annum through expansions at Kolawasi, antipakay and mutunda mines uh but then they've also got the El Pachon, El Pachon, El Pachon, Argentine. God, no point having an Aussie guy trying to pronounce all these international mining names. Uh, they've got that deposit in Argentina. That Now, that has the potential to yield around 400,000 tonne of copper a year. It's 3.6 to 4.2 Ks above sea level, so that'll be nice and that'll be good for the um, – altitude sickness working at that bloody joint jesus christ it's about five k's from the chilean border so that's another major one they've got to for potential to come online but from what he said in that article it doesn't sound like it'll come online at these existing prices of three dollars eighty per pound it said if prices get up to that five or six dollars per pound that will attract a lot of new mines to risk the capital and come online for copper so there you go Hope you all enjoyed that. Stay safe out there, everyone. If you'd like to get involved in Channel Mine News, give me a buzz. I'm all ears. Have a good one. Cheers.